Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to see a whole bunch of people here today. I was a little worried after I said last week we're going to do the entire Old Testament in my message, but you showed up, so I'm, I'm pleased. Oh, thank you, Jim. Okay, so we need a little catch-up. We're doing a five-part series about under the theme connection about our relationship with God and one another. Remember, our first uh, message was about creation, that God created uh, the perfect world in perfect harmony, unity, perfect processes, all that good stuff. And a part of that perfection was our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And God created that. And we know that that is the reason we were created because Jesus tells us that the first two and greatest commandments, all the law, all the prophets are based on these, uh, is to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love others as ourselves. So we are created for connection, created for love relationships, which moves us to uh, last week where we talked about disconnected. How did, if, if everything was so perfect and our relationship with God and one another was so perfect, how did we get disconnected? Uh, what happened to the broken relationship and why is there so much brokenness in our world today? Well, we talked about how chapter three in the Old Testament is really a kind of a summary of the entire Old Testament in the sense that God gave, he expressed his will, he expressed a command, or you could say gave a law, just don't eat from that tree. And all they had to do was trust God, put their faith in God. Didn't have to understand it, didn't have to explain it, just put their faith and trust God. Well, God, since he wanted us to have, he created us to have a love relationship, he gave us this tremendous gift, this gift of free will, that if we use correctly, allows us to love God and to love others, because if you're going to love something or someone, you have to be able to choose to give yourself to that person, to love uh, that person. And so God wanted us to have a love relationship, so he gave us this gift. The problem is we're only human, and he knew that there was going to be what I call a glitch in the matrix, right? Because if we have the choice to love somebody, we have the, it's an inherent built-in part of it that we have to have the ability not to choose. And so we get to the source of original sin, our will, choosing our will over God's will, choosing our will and using it and living selfishly, right? Small definition of sin, selfish living. Okay, so now we, so we start with the disconnect, and this is where we find ourselves in the rest of the Old Testament, disconnected from God and one another. You see the brokenness comes in, Adam and Eve start blaming each other, and then there's murder between their sons, and it just builds and builds until we get to the time of Noah, and it's a disaster. But we know that there's brokenness in the world, so we still are in a state of disconnection. And so really what the Old Testament is, is God trying to reestablish that relationship to humanity through a chosen people. And so we're going to talk about that today. All right, I chose a, a, a scripture out of Psalm 78 that kind of describes 
I think in a, in a good way, the overall picture of what God is doing in the Old Testament. Beginning in verse 5, Psalm 78. <clears throat> he decreed statutes for J Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. <clears throat> they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generations, whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant. They refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done and the wonders he had shown them. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so it goes on and, and reminds the readers of Psalm 78 all the wonders, miraculous things that God had, did, had done for them. And it goes through a long list of the stories of the Old Testament, all of what God had done for his people. So when we get out of chapter 3 and things begin to go sour, and we see all kinds of examples of people and humanity using their own will. Well, let me ask you this before I get into the nitty-gritty. If we are created for connection with God and one another, and not just family, not just neighborhoods, not just friends, but with God and each other, humanity and God. If we were created for a relationship, for a connection, how do you think God's feeling about that when he's looking down on our world right now? If, if that's our main goal, if that's why we were created, to love God and to love one another, that's the treasure of, that we store up in heaven, our relationships with God and one another. And I'm sure God's heart is broken to see the shape of our world today, the division, the ugliness. And, and it starts right off. I already said, they, they start blaming each other. There's murder. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, the, the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is not PG-13, if you get to some of those stories. And that's violence and sex. It, it's, it's, it, there's some tough times. But it's describing the world accurately. And we are disconnected from God. And God sees that, and he saw that then, and it was part of his plan. And so he begins to try to reach out to his folks through covenants. First with the patriarchs. Right? There's all kinds of co covenants. There's the Noah covenant, the Abraham covenant, the Moses covenant, the David covenant. Right? Noah was that he would never flood the earth again. Um, he would never destroy it by a flood. Um, Abraham is that you will be a father of many nations, uh, as, as many stars as you see. And he was an old man. And uh, he was a credit, righteousness was a credit to him because why? He believed, and that's a key thing. We'll probably be going back to that, but he believed because remember what is at the core of original sin? What happened in the garden? They lost faith. They did not trust. And so, so Abraham believed 
God. And it goes on, right? Moses, he made a, Moses, a covenant with Moses, and then he made a covenant with David, and they all turned out not to be straight up people. They weren't perfect. They weren't saints, especially David. His rap sheet is big. But they were, they had one thing in common. They were faithful. Right? Even in the face of all that David did, you read Psalm 51, you realize what makes a righteous man? Because if you don't know Scripture and you don't know what we're talking about and all, you're outside the church and all you hear is about David and what a righteous man of God he was, and then you start reading the Bible, and this happened to me because I came later in my 20s, I started reading the Bible. I was like, this dude broke every commandment there was. I, I'm, I'm missing something here because I had this piety, moral image that made us righteous. But as I read and I understood, and then I read Psalm 51 and heard him pouring out his heart and asking for repentance and forgiveness for his evil deeds, then I realized that's what makes us righteous, right? So he had faith even in the face of his own sin. So anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So he tried to have covenants with us and establish these relationships and what happens? over and over and over. We break them. We lose faith, right? Just like that little synopsis in Genesis chapter 3. Um, he gave them this command. He expressed his will, his law, and they broke it. And that happens over and over. They, they make these covenants, and God never makes, breaks a covenant. God never made a promise he didn't keep. But they're always broken. So there's only two people in that covenant, us and God, so we're breaking them over and over again. We see our inability to be faithful enough to these promises. Remember, in the, the Bible is not a history book. It's a book about God's nature, our nature, and the relationship between the two. So the covenants aren't working. And so what is another way that, that um, God reaches out, tries to get them in relationship, tries to keep them in the right place close to him so they have the relationship he gives the law and the law first few laws are about how we live in relationship with God and the rest are how we live in relationship with other two greatest commandments that's why Jesus says all the law all the prophets are based on these two because they come and have to do with either living with God in our relationship or living with one another and so he gives us the law, and to celebrate, we worship idols, right? Remember that story? They worship idols, and he continually, so he tries to get them to follow his commands, follow his laws, and they continually break them. And one reason is because they, like us, are very forgetful about all that God has done for them. That's why Psalm 78 goes through this list. Uh, I was going to read it, but it's too long, about all God did for them and reminding his people all that he has done, not to uh, hold it against them or to have a big head about it. He's reminding them, I have taken care of you over and over again. You can trust me. Please have faith in me. 
And so he gives them these laws and say, follow these laws because if you do, you will be where you need to be to be in right relationship with me and one another. But if you don't, I know what's going to happen. You're going to begin to grow distant from me and go farther and farther from me. And you'll be able to, you'll begin to assimilate and you'll begin to worship other gods and be unfaithful. And that's going to lead you down a path that sometimes they started sacrificing their own children. So in Deuteronomy, just before they're getting ready to go into the promised land, Deuteronomy is one big Don't forget. Don't forget what I've done for you. Don't forget who has given you this. Don't forget all that I have done. When you get in there, he he literally tells them, when you get in there and you start living this blessed life, don't begin to look around and say, look look what we have accomplished. Because that's our tendency, right? To go back to our will, to take it back to about us. And so he says, he's pleading with them throughout the book of Deuteronomy, saying, please don't forget and follow these laws and commands because when you go into this foreign country, it will keep you close to me. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so at the end of Deuteronomy, when he's summing it up, he says, now listen, if you don't do these things, you're going to be cursed. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But if you do do these things, you'll be blessed and you'll multiply and you'll live in relationships. So, and he goes through the curses and the blessings if they keep the commands and keep where they need to be. But God knows them so well. He goes, but when you do, when you are unfaithful, when you do rebel, return to me. So he knows almost prophetic because it's going to happen. And so God gives the law, and the law does three things. And this is where we need to kind of set up for next week. Law does three things. First, it, um, it acts as a, brings civil order. So yeah, it's, this is hard for us to understand because in our lifetime and throughout history, we've always had laws. But going back to when God gave them, he gave laws, and so the law fills in where the spirit is absent. So how did we know God's nature in the Old Testament? The law tells us about how we should treat God, how we should treat one another. Um, And it gives order to things. But, But that's not just so in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not poured out but we had the law to understand God's nature about how he, he, he desired us to love him and how much he loves us. And the law shows us that. But it also fills in where the Spirit is absent, and you've heard me say this, in our own lives. So just because we have the Holy Spirit and we live by the Spirit, not by the law, doesn't mean the law is not useful. The law tells us, well, you might be getting out of line, if you're breaking this law, or your heart might be, the reason you're upset because you're coveting everybody else's stuff, you're not living your own life. So the law can be useful to, as a guide, and it, and it fills in when we're not walking by the Spirit. We might have the Spirit, but the law tells us, and we might need the law. I've, I always joke, I know I said it up here, you know, um, when I'm not walking in the Spirit, I need to remind me, I need the law to Remind me 
what that looks like. And usually, this is what I always say, it comes in the form of my wife saying, stop that. Don't be mean. You're impatient, right? But so that law fills in where the Spirit is absent. They work together. It also teaches us about sin. Romans tells us that, uh, Paul tells us in Romans, I wouldn't know what sin was if it wasn't for the law. And so it teaches us. And then it also shines the light on our own sin. We can look, and if I'm stealing, then I know I have a problem. I've done something wrong. It, it shines the light on sin. And so, and then the third thing it does, because the Old Testament ends without a resolution. They're still far from God. But the third thing it does is it points us to our need for a Savior. So the, the, the story of the Old Testament is that we can't be faithful enough. We can't be righteous enough. We saw it in the chosen people. They were chosen to so, show how we all are in our relationship with God. And so when we look at that and we say, I can't be faithful enough, I can't be righteous enough, and I want to be in relationship with God, we have a problem. And that's how it ends. That's how Ma it, Malachi ends. God's not happy. Last book of the Old Testament, he says, yeah, you're going through the motions, you're bringing me your, your sacrifices, but it's stuff you don't want anyway. It's your diseased, deformed animals. He goes, how does that make me feel? That's not what I go back to the beginning. That's not why I created this, to go through the motions. I love you and I want you to love me. He said, just shut the temple doors if you're just going through the motions. And so it ends without a resolution. The prophets tried, right? The prophets tried calling them back, calling them back to God. When they went wayward, they would call them back and, and, and call them out. You're rebellious, you're unfaithful. And yet they wouldn't listen. Well, now they, let me correct that. They would listen when they were in trouble, right? When they were in trouble, they're like, oh God, we love you, and oh God, oh, oh, please forgive us, oh God. So the prophets would come, and they would call them out, and the people would listen, and then this cycle, you see this cycle throughout the Old Testament. They get in trouble, they call out to God, they return to God. God returns to them as he has promised and is faithful. And then they get complacent and they find themselves back in trouble over and over and over again because they're at the core of all of their actions, their actual sin is that original sin of wanting things their own way of wanting to be their own gods instead of being in love with the God. And so, this is why I call this in the Old Testament God's attempt to reconnect. And we leave the Old Testament and nothing's connected back. But we learn one thing, that we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it because of our righteousness, because of our faithful. Because it doesn't matter how righteous or faithful we are, we're always going to fall short. 
That's why Paul says in Galatians, when they're trying to get them to be circumcised in order to be Christian, he goes, no, you're, you're having them follow the law. And the law is not bad, but it has no saving function. If you want to be saved, find salvation in the law, then you got to follow all the law, and we can't do it. That's what the purpose of the law is, to set this bar. It's like our, our kids when they were little, or my kids. You know, they would always want to try and do something they couldn't do, and I'd have to let them try to do it before, because they were also stubborn, like their mother. Oh, she's not here. No, she's probably, I'm going to hear about that later. But they'd say, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And they just bug you so much. You say, okay, go ahead. And they said, oh, ah, oh, I need help. That's what the law is. It sets this bar. And we try and we try and we try to reach it until we realize we can't do it on our own. We need help. I need somebody to come in and save me and help me. And so when we read the Old Testament, that is the big picture of God reconnecting. And at the end of that book, leading into the New Testament, is that we can't do it by ourselves. Now, I hope some of this is connecting. Jump back to chapter 3. At its core, at its essence, what were they trying to do? Do it by themselves. We can know good from evil. Surely we won't die. Everything God told them, they said the opposite. They were trying to do it by themselves. And at the end of the Old Testament, through all the stories, through all the prophets, through all the law, through all, um, all, all the covenants that were broken and unfaithful, through all it out, we, we come to that conclusion finally after chapter 3, or we hope we do, that's the purpose of the book, to say we can't do it by ourselves. We're not righteous enough, we're not faithful enough, but God is, which sets us up to go into the new covenant that can never be broken because it's not based on us, it's based on God. I'll leave you right there, cliffhanger. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy, Lord. I know we covered, did a big 30,000-foot view of your Old Testament, but Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would take that and, Lord, uh, work within us to help us to see your story and our story and you at work in our relationship and in this world. So, Lord, as we come to communion, let us remember that Jesus Christ came because we needed help because we weren't faithful enough. We weren't righteous enough. And he came because he was. And he loved you perfectly. He loved us perfectly. And he gave his life to save us from something we could not do on our own. So Lord, speak to us by your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit bless this time of communion in Jesus' name. Amen.